The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. NFL Week 13 Power Rankings. We're going to talk a little bit about NCAA futures, a little bit about NBA futures because uh, NCAA has started. NBA is going to start very soon, like in a couple weeks. So we got like all the futures and lines and stuff from Bovada Sportsbook. Obviously, all the futures as I talk about the uh, the NFL Power Rankings. You're listening to Sean and Sam on the Functional Sports Hawk. And Sam, as I always do, I think we should just kick it right over to the Power Rankings and bring you back on. Sound good, buddy? Sound good, bro. All right. NFL Week 13 Power Rankings. So I always start with the screen of respect. This week I'm calling it the Playoff Watch Screen. Uh, there are seven teams on this screen. Only one of them today is in playoff position if the season were to end today, which is very interesting. Um, I'm recording this, by the way, on Wednesday morning. So uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and Baltimore Ravens game still hasn't been played yet. So things might change if you catch this closer to the weekend. Now, uh, I'm going to start with the Baltimore Ravens because I'm talking about that. They are 6-5. and five. The way their schedule lines up uh, towards the end of the year, I really believe that the Baltimore Ravens are in the playoffs. I think that they'll probably finish... Um, what are they six and five? I think they'll finish ten and six, um, nine and seven at absolute worst. But I think they'll finish ten and um, ten and six uh, given the schedule here. I think they're going to finish um, on uh, on a real burst. We'll see what happens. I mean, the players obviously have to be active. I don't like the way the game is stacking up against them tonight against the Pittsburgh Steelers, but they are going to get some of their players back. Now, the Baltimore Ravens, according to Bovada, are plus fourteen hundred to win the Super Bowl. So the uh, the sports books still like them. I still like them, but they got to start winning. Uh, Ravens fans, if you're mad about this, last year I said the same thing about these six and four Kansas City Chiefs, and they went on to win the Super Bowl. So there's still time to to basically go on this run here, and that's all that matters. Now uh, the Arizona Cardinals, they've dropped what two or three in a row or something like that. They need to start winning. The way their schedule stacks up to end the season is not good. They have to deal with a lot of really quality teams in the NFC West. Uh, losing that game against the Patriots towards the end of the season. I think that's going to be big. Uh, what this does is it leaves them susceptible to some of the teams below in this graphic here. Uh, teams like the San Francisco 49ers, who they still have to play um, this season, and the Minnesota Vikings. Both of those teams now are at six losses. The Arizona Cardinals are at five losses. Cardinals have to start winning, and like I said, they still have some quality teams left on their schedule. Arizona, the Bavada has at plus 3,300 to win the Super Bowl, so um, the sports books are not quite believers yet in the Arizona Cardinals. Given their little losing streak here, I would agree with it, but I always felt they were probably a year away from really competing anyway. Kyler Murray is still playing fantastic, and there's still time for the Arizona Cardinals to go on a run. Now, the Miami Dolphins, I like this team. They're kind of moving back and forth between Fitzpatrick and Tua Tagovailoa. I always try to... It's going to take me a year to get that to really flow off the the tongue there, but um, basically, if Tua is not healthy... They're going to go to Fitzpatrick and feel very comfortable doing that. If Tua is completely healthy, they'll go back to Tua. At least that's what they're saying so far. Uh, Fitzpatrick won again last week against the New York Jets. Um, They have a game this week that I believe is winnable. Let me look and see who they are playing. They are playing, oh, the Cincinnati Bengals. They should win that game. They should improve to 8-4. and But then they have a murderous stretch to end the year. They have what is essentially, in my mind, a play-in game with the Las Vegas Raiders, um, I think in Week 15 or Week 16. Going to be interesting. They have three games at home, uh, including one against the Patriots, one against, um, I think they're actually on the road against the Buffalo Bills. There's just a lot of really good quality. They, they have to go uh, um, and play the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Actually, I think that's at home, but still, it's a pretty brutal end of the year. This is a must win. 
this week against the Cincinnati Bengals, given how their schedule shakes out. They have to go to 8-4 and four, uh, and then just kind of hold on for dear life uh, towards the end of the season. The Miami Dolphins, Bovada has at plus 4,000 to win the Super Bowl. So there you go. Uh, let's see here. The Las Vegas Raiders, I'm disappointed. I think that uh, that Atlanta Falcons loss is going to really, really hurt them moving forward. I've been saying I like the way they play football. They are playing the New York Jets. That really should be a get-right game, although they completely blew it against the Jets last year. Given their collapse against the Atlanta Falcons this past week, I do think they'll be up and ready to play the New York Jets. And let's be honest, the Jets, they're keeping Adam Gase there solely to lose games. Uh, they got rid of their general manager. Uh, I'm sorry, that's the Jaguars I got rid of the general manager. But uh, Woody Johnson, the ownership there, they're doing the right thing. It makes no sense to go to an interim head coach, a guy like Greg Williams, and then win three or four games to end the season. You don't want that, Jets fans. Absolutely not. The Raiders will win this game going away. Uh, Bavada has them at plus 4,000 to win the Super Bowl moving forward. Now, let's get into um, you know these other playoff teams kind of in the peripheral. I don't see them as contenders yet, but the Patriots, very quietly, they're running the ball and they're playing defense. That's what you have to do to win. They have a favorable schedule to end the year. They could go on a run if teams like the, uh, the Raiders, uh, teams like the Ravens, teams like the Dolphins, who have a tough back quarter of the season, if they lose games... The Patriots could be in there and sneak into that seven seed. I don't know that it'll happen. There's a lot of competition for those wild card uh, seeds, a lot of teams ahead of them. But if the Patriots keep winning and these other teams kind of on the bottom wild card position keep losing, they're going to be a factor. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, look, I know they. I know how they started the season. I predicted that they would start the season that way, but they were playing good. Now, Minnesota... I think that loss to Dallas is really bad. That one hurt quite a bit. But the uh, Arizona Cardinals losing this last week to the uh, to the New England Patriots, that puts the, the Minnesota Vikings to me in kind of pole position of the teams outside looking in. San Francisco, I like. The defense is playing better, especially off the bye week. I think they're, the San Francisco 49ers will get better as we go forward. I'm just not a big believer in Nick Mullins to get it done, but... The San Francisco 49ers, they have a game against the Arizona Cardinals. The Minnesota Vikings have an easier schedule to end the year. Their schedule to begin the year was absolutely brutal. And remember, they had all that turnover in defense, right? I always expected the Minnesota Vikings to be playing stronger towards the end of the year. This is the time of the year where Minnesota can go a run. Don't be surprised if they do it. I'm not counting them out yet. At this point, I think they're only a game out of the playoffs. Um, you know, give or take tiebreakers and all that stuff. So they're going to be a factor. Now, let's move into my top 10, which is actually a top 11 because the two teams tied for number 10, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 7-5, the Indianapolis Colts at 7-4. Both of these teams, I think, have great defenses, uh, but they have some warts. Um, Phillip Rivers, Tom Brady, look, they're not playing as well as you would want their quarterbacks to play. They're not always sharp. I'm not going to take too much away from the Indianapolis Colts losing a division game against the Tennessee Titans, and the Tennessee Titans knew, look, last week, uh, two 8-3 teams, Tennessee Titans versus Indianapolis Colts, if the Titans were to lose that game against the Indianapolis Colts, they would go down 2-0 to zero in the head-to-head -head tiebreaker in that division. That was kind of a must-win for Tennessee if they wanted to win the division. They came out with more urgency. They played well. Derrick Henry did his thing against the Colts. But that's not going to happen every week. And the Colts just beat the Titans and handled them like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, or whatever it was. So um, I'm a believer in the Colts. Not having Jonathan Taylor um, to be kind of the more powerful running back, that hurt them in that game. They're going to get him back. The defense is getting healthier, and the offense still is improving in spite of what we saw against the Tennessee Titans. Um, I think the Indianapolis Colts are going to be a factor in the postseason. I have no problem with them. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, on the other hand, um, look, they were awful. I think they had a flawed game plan trying to go single coverage into Tariq Hill. I think they were the first team to really do that, and they got burned 
burned in the first quarter. 200 yards, two touchdowns um, in the first quarter for Tariq Hill, 203 yards to be precise. Um, in quarters two through four, I think they won 24-10. to 10. Uh, You know, Kansas City was playing a little bit of takeaway, but really, I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense uh, made some adjustments. They adjusted well. They just got too far behind too early, and Tom Brady you know, turned the ball over a couple times when he shouldn't have. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, basically, um, both of these teams, the Bucs and the Colts, have higher ceilings. They're just not getting them yet. I do think that they could be in the Super Bowl discussion if they fix some stuff in the back quarter of the season. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Bavada has at plus 750 to win the Super Bowl. Indianapolis Colts at plus 2,500. Now, the Cleveland Browns at 8-3. and three, They are my number nine team. Um, I like them, but as I've been saying since the Odell Beckham injury, I really think that's important to have Odell Beckham because what this team wants to do, and I love the coaching, uh, they want to run Chubb, they want to run um, um, Kareem Hunt, they want to throw to their two tight ends, and then they want to hit Odell Beckham on double moves and on single coverage up the sideline. Since he's been injured, I haven't really seen the over-the-top threat. I saw Landry kind of broke into the end zone last week. That's great. But, um, you know, I feel like that's kind of the uh, the flaw in this Cleveland Browns team. Now, they are going to get Garrett back. Um, this defense is playing better than I thought they would play to begin the year. The running game is as good as I thought it would be, and I was very, very high on this running game and very high on Nick Chubb, as I always say. I think he's my favorite running back in the league. But, um, you know, Cleveland Browns, have some work to do, but a team that can play defense and run the ball is typically the better team in the playoffs. The big question is whether or not Baker Mayfield can get it done when it matters, and we're going to see, but the Cleveland Browns are sitting at 8-3. and three. Um, They're really well-primed for the playoffs, and if you think they're going to collapse towards the end of the season, they have games against the Jets and the Giants. Now, the Giants are playing better. I don't think that's a gimme. In fact, I think it's a trap game for, for the Cleveland Browns, but if they win those two games and only win those two games, they're going to make the playoffs at 10 wins. That's enough to get you in in a seven-team playoff format this year, I believe. Uh, so the Cleveland Browns, Bovada has at plus 8,000 to win the Super Bowl. I agree. I don't think they're a Super Bowl competitor this year, but if they get uh, you know Odell Beckham back next year, we'll see if they uh, you know take advantage of that trade clause, and I think they have like one day in the offseason to trade him for you know salary cap ramifications and all that. Uh, given the cap drop this year, I don't think that'll happen, but either way, I think the Cleveland Browns, they're on their way up. Next year, they'll be in the uh, even better, and that's the key takeaway here. Number eight on my list, the Green Bay Packers. Nice win against the Chicago Bears. Um, it, you know, they can run the ball. My problem is their defense is getting a little bit worse by the week. I know they played fine against the Chicago Bears. Everybody plays fine against the Chicago Bears. Um, I'm going to see what they're going to do towards the end of the year. I've been saying for a couple of weeks, although I like the Packers, and look, last year they were 13-3, and and I said the same thing about them, and they made it all the way to the NFC Championship game. They got housed in the NFC Championship game, but they still made it there. I said, look, you know, this team seems to be overachieving in terms of record. I'm just not super enthused by what I'm seeing on the field. But their ability to run the ball with Aaron Jones, they've been they've been so far ahead because Aaron Rodgers has been playing vintage Aaron Rodgers uh, that they haven't really needed to, to thump Aaron Jones as much this year. Um, it's really impressive what they're doing. Problem is the defense specifically stopping the run. I don't like teams that can't stop the run as we get into a colder weather here. But uh, the Green Bay Packers playing the Philadelphia Eagles, a desperate Philadelphia Eagles team at home. Um, this this is the type of game that, you know, the Packers, when they're really contenders, they're going to win this game by 20. If they're pretenders, they're going to fall flat and either win closer or lose a nail biter or something like that. But for right now, Green Bay Packers, they actually did improve on this list of number eight. Number seven, Los Angeles Rams, 7-4, plus 1,600, according to Bovada, to win the Super Bowl. Now, the Los Angeles Rams, they're coming off a loss. I don't care. San Francisco coming off a bye week. 
give Shanahan two weeks to prepare. I knew that was going to be a little bit more of a dogfight. I'm not worried about that. Sometimes you lose, especially those division games. Don't I do not care. But the Rams are seven and four. They are in playoff position. They're a game behind the Seattle Seahawks. They still have to deal with uh, the NFC West, but I think they've won enough games so far that they should be able to eke into the playoffs, especially in the NFC. I think nine and seven will get you there in the in the wild card. So at this point, you're priming yourself for the postseason. What I love about the Rams is they've turned into a defensive-minded team. I think they are led by their defense, whereas in the previous years, they were led by their offense and play calling. Their running game is better than it was last year. Jared Goff, yes, I know he didn't have a great statistical game or a great game period against the San Francisco 49ers. Again, I don't care. People so so recently forget... Um, or forget the the recent uh, returns that we saw on Monday Night Football, like six days prior to that, he completely shredded the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who I think are a pretty good team. So I'm not going to be a prisoner of the moment. I don't care. Jared Goff, sometimes you have a bad game. And the San Francisco 49ers, everybody, look, they've had massive injuries. Their entire roster was out on the reserve list this year, being sick and, you know, the protocols and all that. And they, uh, they're still like 4-6 and six or 5-6 and six or whatever they are. So the San Francisco 49ers are a pretty good team. Let's not write them off. So Los Angeles Rams, I'm not freaking out. Once again, Bavada has them at plus 1,600 to win the Super Bowl. Now, number six, the Buffalo Bills. Um, I'm liking what they're doing. I think they played their best game of the season last week. Um, I do not like that their defense two weeks in a row um, before the bye against the Cardinals and then uh, towards the end of the game there against the Chargers give up deep desperation passes. They're not great in jump balls um, in recent returns, right? I did. I just said I'm not a prisoner of the moment for the Los Angeles Rams. I am going to be that for the Buffalo Bills because we've seen it two weeks in a row. They need to, to go out and do the schoolyard thing where you play the 500, you throw the tennis ball up in the air. And people, you know, rattle around and try to knock it down. Buffalo Bills, this is a valid criticism. Defensive backs, you need to knock the dang ball down. Period. Okay. Eight and three, though. Um, they showed a little bit more physicality in the run game, which I think they're going to need as things go in. And the big thing is, outside of those jump balls at the end of the game there, their defense has been playing a lot better the last two weeks. I really like what I'm seeing. I've been waiting for this Buffalo Bills defense to hit their potential. I think we're starting to see that now. Eight and three Buffalo Bills. Uh, Bavada has at plus 3,500 to win the Super Bowl. Number five on my list, the Tennessee Titans. They vault back up thanks to their win over the Indianapolis Colts. It was a convincing win. Derrick Henry doing his thing. And like the Bills... Um, who, by the way, they, they defeated earlier in the season. Like the Buffalo Bills, this Tennessee Titans defense, I know it has the potential. I wanted to see a little bit more of that. They played, I think, their best game of the season against an Indianapolis Colts team um, that I think is a little bit still underrated. Now, the Tennessee Titans, once again, 8-3. They are leading the AFC South. Tannehill is still you know, eating people up in the red zone. In goal line situations, they're scoring over 90% of the time. That's ridiculous, but they were doing this last year. You can't call it an aberration or you can't call it um, you know, a fluke. They, they're doing it years in a row. They're getting 90% touchdown percentages when they're in the red zone. I can't say enough about their play caller and Arthur Smith. And this is a team that if their defense really kind of pins their ears back, I still don't think they're on the level of the Kansas City Chiefs or Pittsburgh Steelers at this point. But they're going to make another deep run. They're built for the postseason. 8-3, Bavada has them at plus 3,300 to win the Super Bowl. Number four on my list, the Seattle Seahawks. Again, a team that vaults back up the list. I'm liking what I'm seeing. Uh, they handle the Philadelphia Eagles. But they're winning all these games within a touchdown. I'd really love to see the Seattle Seahawks defense just dominate a week. They are playing better, just like uh, the two teams um, just below them, the Tennessee Titans and the Buffalo Bills. In the last couple of weeks, again, after the bye week, the Seattle Seahawks defense is playing better. I want to see them dominate. 
The uh, the offense obviously is playing fantastic. Nobody can cover DK Metcalf, and then you got Tyler Lockett on the side. You got Chris Carson back last week against the Eagles. That was massive. Uh, their three losses came, I believe, with Chris Carson out. The first of those losses came against the Cardinals, if I'm not mistaken, and that was when Carson got injured. They need that physicality. Chris Carson is not easy to easy to replicate. I know fantasy football players always like to write him off. He's a good running back. He is a strong running back. He's awesome. He's very similar to uh, James Robinson and Jacksonville, who everybody loves for some reason. Everybody loves James Robinson and Jacksonville. Everybody wants to hate on Chris Carson and is a fantasy football running back. They're basically the same person. I think Robinson's a little better. But, um, you know, Chris Carson, that physical running back, Seattle needs it. It helps Russell Wilson, helps the whole team. I like this team. I like this team a lot. They were my NFC pick to make the Super Bowl. I do have one other NFC team ranked ahead of them. But at 8-3, and three, at plus 1,200, according to Bovada, win the Super Bowl, you got to keep paying attention to them, especially if this defense improves. Now, the other team in the NFC I have ranked ahead of them are, is my number three team, the New Orleans Saints, 9-2. and two. Um, They keep winning without Drew Brees, and I'm not a big believer in Taysom Hill as a guy that can lead you to the Super Bowl, but they still stay at the top of the NFC. They still win. Taysom Hill running over people. Latavius Murray running over people. Alvin Kamara doing his thing. Uh, they're not getting a lot in the passing game, but that's really just by game plan design. Sean Payton knows what he has. He has a physical team that can win running the ball. When Breeze comes back, there still can be a physical team if they want to, but they can also pass. I think this is great for the New Orleans Saints' development. And also, with Drew Brees out, the defense is taking a little bit more ownership and accountability, which is what they need to do, especially as we get into the postseason. I like the New Orleans Saints. Of course, I would not. Um, this is under the assumption that Breeze is going to be coming back in around Week 15 when they play the Chiefs. Uh, I think they're primed for the for the postseason run. Let's see if they can get it done this year. Bavada has them at plus. 750, uh, which I believe are the best odds along with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl in the NFC. So you got to like that. Number two on my list, it's still the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, the Pittsburgh Steelers have not played yet. They haven't played the Ravens. I'm assuming they're going to win based on you know all the people and, and the shifting of the schedule and all that stuff. The Pittsburgh Steelers, I think they'll win that game. But even if they don't win that game against the Baltimore Ravens, honestly, <clears throat> unless they get the, blows, the doors blown off, by a bunch of Ravens backups. I wouldn't put the Steelers behind the Chiefs at this point. The Chiefs' defense, um, look, they had a big lead uh, against Tampa Bay Buccaneers and let Tampa Bay back in the game. Chiefs' defense just isn't playing as well as they played in their Super Bowl run last year. However, this time last year, I think the Chiefs were, what, 7-4? and four? I was like, okay, the Chiefs, you know, they're getting better, blah, blah, blah. The Chiefs are getting better week to week. They're 10-1. and one. I don't think they've hit their ceiling. That's a compliment, Chiefs fans. I think they have the highest ceiling in the NFL. I don't think that they've been playing particularly well, and they're still 10-1 and one for crying out loud. They're that good, um, and I think they know they're that good. I think they're going to play better once we hit the playoffs. Um, to me, you know, the AFC Championship game would be the game of the year if the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Kansas City Chiefs both make it, but we'll see what happens. Kansas City Chiefs, Bovada has a plus 325 to win the Super Bowl. Pittsburgh Steelers, I think, are a legitimate number one. Their defense is playing better. Their offense is playing strong. Um, they aren't running the ball as well as I've seen them run before, but again, you got freaking Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, James Robinson, Eric Ebron in the passing game. You even have, um, you know, when healthy, James Conner out of the backfield. And then you have a rotation. You have Benny Snell. You have Anthony McFarland. These Steelers are really good. If Roethlisberger stays healthy, and I've been saying this, like, since the offseason, I thought they would make the AFC Championship. I called them in the AFC Championship before the year. Um, 
this team went eight and six without Ben Roethlisberger last year with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges throwing the ball. You don't think that they're going to be a little bit better this season? Here they are. They're 10 and 0 as of the time of this recording. Depending on when you pick this up, they're either going to be 10 and 1 or 11 and 0, assuming that Ravens game does not get canceled at the last minute. Bavada has them at plus 550 to win the Super Bowl. I like that. They're finally, in terms of sports books, getting the respect they deserve to win the Super Bowl. I would still, if I'm an oddsmaker, still put the Kansas City Chiefs ahead of them, but they are the number two team in terms of odds to win the Super Bowl. They should have been there in the offseason, too, in my opinion. Uh, but there's a lot of value here. If I'm picking one futures bet, though, I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks. They have an offense that can hang with anybody, and the defense is getting a little bit better. And at plus 1,200, at basically 12 to 1, I think that's your best bang for your buck, personally. But anyway, there are my power rankings. I'd love to get your thoughts. Please like, comment, subscribe. Give me your top five below, and we'll catch you again next week with these power rankings. And we are back before Sam and I get rolling. I want to talk about our friends at Coors light. Life today is kind of a lot. It forces us to always be on, but every now and then it's important to just stop, crack open a cold Coors Light and chill. So when you choose to turn off, choose the one beer that's made to chill. Coors Light, mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Buddy, dude, I got a story. I got a story for you. We'll get into it in a bit. I've had a week. I've had a month. I've had a year, just like a lot of people. I've been just chilling out nightly after I pack up the computer, crack open, crack and open a Coors Light. How are things for you right now? That's good, man. Busy as always, trying to uh, finish out the year, man. So busy. Yep. And everybody, mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is brewed with that three-step cold process, cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. So it's actually made to chill. The mountains on Coors Light cold activated bottles and cans turn blue when chilled to perfection. Born in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado in 1978, Coors Light is refreshing, crisp, and only 102 calories. This time of year, everybody needs to save calories, so if you're drinking a beer 102, that's pretty good. That's why I choose Coors Light when I need a moment to chill. So when you need to hit that reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill, and once again, you can have Coors Light delivered by going to get.coorslight.com. Everybody write this down, get.coorslight.com. Get that beer delivered directly to your door, and uh, you can check out your local delivery options. Everybody, as always, celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Um, so, yeah, dude, I'm keeping the Steelers, and we record these on Wednesday, as i mentioning now for, you know, I think the second or third time or whatever, but, you know, the, the Ravens and Steelers game has just been delayed. It's, it's, it's in um, purgatory at this point. Uh, I'm assuming it's going to get played. A few more Ravens tested positive, but regardless, the point is, regardless, even if they lose this game against a division opponent, against a desperate Ravens team, I'm still going with the Steelers um, to cover here um, and, and to be my number one team. I'll take a 10-1 Steelers team the way they're playing today over the 10-1 Kansas City Chiefs, although I admit the Kansas City Chiefs ceiling is just a little bit higher than the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it, Sam. How about you? Oh man, the Steelers and I know we talked about this last week, but they just you know, they just look they look locked and loaded and they haven't uh let up at all this year. You know um, and their coaching, you know, we we think coaching's important on this show, man. It's it's super important. And Tomlin doesn't really get his due. He's been there forever. You know, he's he's maybe the gosh, he might be the second most tenured head coach, maybe third. So Belichick would be one. <clears throat> and I'm not sure when Harbaugh off the top of my head when Harbaugh and Tama got their job. And Andy Reid now, I think, has been with Kansas City for a decade, which seems yeah, like... Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll's been yeah. with Seattle for a while, too. So, um, But, yeah, I would say Tomlin next to Belichick is probably... 
probably up there. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's either Harbaugh or Tom. I'm just gonna I'm gonna pull it up now. Uh, most tenured head coaches, just because I'm I'm curious. Yeah, we had to let our IT staff go. Yeah, we're know, getting a crack IT furlong, staff. Furlong. <laughs> we had to furlong our IT staff. Yeah, so right. We're forced to do these things on our own. Uh, let's see here. In real time. Oh, what in the world? That's not the thing I had to... Yeah, real time. Gone real time. <laughs> Longest tenured head coaches. Go to the second link. There we go. Pulling it up. Crack staff. Oh, wow. <clears throat> okay. So Belichick's number one higher than 2,000. Um, so he's over 20 years at this point. Um, which, you know, I, I knew that. That's not a surprise. Sean Payton's actually number two, higher than 2,006. Ah, yeah, so, so he's yeah. 14. Tomlin, um, higher in 2007, is number three. John Harbaugh, number four at 2008. And you're right, Sam. Pete Carroll, higher in 2010, is number five. Andy Reid now is number six, higher in 2013. So he's not he's not 10 years. Somebody said 10 years. Maybe I'm mistaken with Carroll. But seven years now. And it's funny that they have Bill O'Brien in 2014 listed as seven. <laughs> not so much. It's yeah. funny to see these 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 coaches go up the list. Mike Zimmer um, now is number seven. Dan Quinn was number nine. He's gone. Doug Peterson is now oh. a top ten head coach in terms of tenure. Hired in 2016. Four years. That just goes to show you these turnover, crazy, man. Crazy, man. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't, I'm not a big – I've never been a big Doug Peterson fan in terms of coaching. He got him the Super Bowl, so, you know, Philadelphia, you know, they'll be happy. But I bet you Eagles fans at this point are just like, enough of this guy. Yeah, and when you get a Super Bowl, like, he'll get another chance somewhere else. It's kind of like once you win a Super Bowl, regardless of the situation, it's kind of like an NBA championship. Like, you're going to get another run somewhere else, you know, Yeah. as a, as a head coach. It just kind of gives you another another lifeline. Well, I th- I always think that firing, um, firing Andy Reid in the first place was insane. Just insane. Dude was yeah, such was a good dumb. head coach. Yeah, he was. And, yeah, he was. you know, to do what he did with Donovan McNabb, who's throwing ground balls his entire career, like, he has, he was, like, the least accurate quarterback in Andy Reid's tenure, and that includes, like, Matt Moore and these backups. He was so bad at quarterback. But, you know, he had other things. Like, he could run and scramble and everything. So I'm not bagging on McNabb. I still think McNabb's a Hall of Famer. But but to take him to as many uh, NFC Championship games, it just goes, you know, I mean, Philadelphia was... You know, had a little bit of a chip on their shoulder because they couldn't win a championship. Well, they fire him. Chip Kelly comes in. Everything goes to crap. Then they go back and try to right that wrong and hire an Andy Reid clone and Doug Peterson. He gets him the Super Bowl that first year. If I'm yeah. maybe maybe second year, I don't know. Yeah. And um and good for him. They they got it done. But he's he's you know I'm, Matt Nagy got a good year in, in Chicago. Also Doug um I'm sorry an Andy Reid disciple. I think these guys got to go. And that's one like Eric Bieniemy. I recognize he's earned a job. Somebody's going to give him a job, and I don't begrudge them. But he's if I was owning an NFL team, he wouldn't be the number one guy on my list. Look, he has Andy Reid helping him, who's one of the best head coaches, certainly a Hall of Fame head coach, helping him. Um, and, yeah, Bieniemy's calling plays great. He's got freaking Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball. <laughs> You know, Tyreek Hill, yeah. Travis Kelly. Yeah. Like, look, you know, what can he do if he goes to Detroit and he's got Matt Stafford and a barren roster? Like, okay, like, support helps. And beyond me, no taken and no disrespect because I believe he's earned a head coach job. Um, right. He would be number number two or number three on my list. Number one is Arthur Smith um, from Tennessee. And I don't really go defense. You can make the argument for, um, I don't even know how to pronounce the name, Salah or Saleh or Saleh or whatever, but the defensive coordinator for San Francisco, you got to put him up there. Um, I like Brian Dable, who's not going to get any real serious contention this year. He might get an interview or two from Buffalo. 
And then Eric Bieniemy is, is around there. So maybe Bieniemy's number two on my list. But Arthur Smith in Tennessee, what he's done, especially if you look at the red zone percentages and third down percentages, which is everything in terms of like, you know, keeping your team on the field and putting points on the board. What a job that guy's done. So he's my number one. But uh, I think Bieniemy will be the respected number one. And and Josh McDaniels, by the way, you know, <laughs> wouldn't use him as toilet paper at this point. He's, he's garbage. Yeah. Guy's garbage. Nah, he's just waiting out his turn and probably getting paid very, very well to just do what he does. So, yeah, it's interesting because at some point, I, look, I, and I supported McDaniel's when he ended up turning down and going back on the Colts job. Mm-hmm. And you know, he had a nice system in there, and Andrew Luck was still Colt at that point, right? But you know. He, you want to rip out your kids. I mean, you're already not spending any time at home when you're an NFL coach, right? Right. You're already right. not spending time there. And your family's making a lot of sacrifice because you're not around for them that right, much. Right. Yeah, you basically have a single parent, you know, yeah. um, during, you know, definitely during the season, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, definitely during the season. And then a lot of the off season, you basically get like a month right. off in June um, at right. this point, And that could change too. And if you're a head coach, I don't even know if that's, the case right Right, so like um you know he's moved them to denver went back to new england anyway his kids are getting older i'd support that man like like give your family a little bit of stuff he had he's in a good situation there he failed miserably in denver like you know the new york jets are going to offer him something a big package you know because they're going to fire adam gase like do you really blow that up like your life up and you go take over the freaking new york jets and that dump heat right Right. I, I think he'll I, – I, but at some point, you know, McDaniels has got to look at Belichick and think, I don't think this guy's ever leaving. Right. <laughs> I don't yeah. think he's going to go. If he survives yeah. 2020 and that, you know, with the with Cam Newton, he can't throw the ball. I don't know, man. I think I think Belichick's there another five years. He very well could be. It's he what very, he does. very well could be. And more yeah. power to him. Yeah, he's earned it too. what else is he going to do? You know, he's a guy that's going to retire and, you know, would die, you know, in two years. Yeah, exactly. Like, his whole, you know, his whole thing is being a football coach. Yeah, if Belichick, re- if Belichick ends up like leaving the Patriots or, or you know, the blank, or, uh, not Arthur Blank. I'm sorry, that's the Falcons. Craft, uh, crafty craft, handy craft. Um, <laughs> if they end up, you know, kind of pushing Belichick out the door, because I think it will take a push. Um, you know, Belichick, what's he going to do? He'll either take over a college team, another pro team. Maybe he'll do the Parcells thing and somebody will hire him to be a general manager, but I think that that's a mistake. I think Belichick needs to be a coach. And I would, yeah. as an NFL owner, have no problem hiring an 85-year-old Bill Belichick to be my head no, coach. No. I, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. For that matter, the Atlanta Falcons should hire Mike Shanahan to be their head coach, as I've been saying, but they're not actually going to give that credit. Still dying. You know, Mike Shanahan has the blackest hair of... Uh, of any, yeah, any like seventy five yeah, year old guy. Well, he's kinda he's kinda got the Coach K thing going on. Yeah, he does. You know, Coach K though, yeah. Coach K's hair for some re- I know it's not, but for some reason his hair looks believable. I think Mike Shanahan, I think he's using shoe polish to dye his hair. <laughs> yeah, he's just straight yeah, just straight dumping his head in a, a vat of a vat of shoe polish every morning. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, speaking of, since you kinda of mentioned Duke, so we got the uh college football I'm sorry, college basketball season starting. Um, I'm looking at futures to win the championship, and Bavada does not have a great odds to win the championship this year on Duke, which I find very interesting. 
Oh, I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah, no, Duke is. Are they? Yeah, are they garbage? Bavada, Bavada's on it because oh, they're just young man. They don't really have a super superstar. Um, they got beat at home uh, by Michigan State last night. Um, they're still, you know, they'll still be a top fifteen team, but. You know, I really think Duke, with the amount of home games they have and what a such a, you know, a hard place that is to play for opponents, I think having no fans all year is really going to be uh-huh. an equalizer for a team like a, a Duke. Mm-hmm. Um, so, especially with a young team like they have, you know, they're starting three or four freshmen, yeah. uh, like just seems to be the uh, case these days. With uh, a lot of these power fives, you know, these big, these big blue bud schools. And um, so, yeah, who does Bavada have? Gonzaga? What are, what are we looking well, at? Well, I'm, I'm looking, and I noticed Gonzaga was the number one rank. But, you know, you know how good Zaga is. We've been seeing this our whole yeah, lives. They it's like, to, yeah, they get to the Elite Eight or Sweet 16. And they get and bounced. They're done. Yeah. And, and I, I really think there's something to it. Like, I don't think they're a bad team. Um, and maybe they should be the number one team. But when you play a weaker schedule... You're not battle tested when it gets to playoff time, you know. Yeah. Like other teams face adversity more than the Gonzaga will all year. So there's a maturity that comes with those challenges. And I'm looking; I can't even find Gonzaga on here. They don't even have them listed. Who do they like? They like. Oh, that, that's why. That's why I'm looking at the sinking college football odds. Oh. Well, yeah. no wonder Duke wasn't on that. Yeah. I think they're in the AP right now. Duke is in at number six, but they'll drop after losing last night. Michigan State's at eight. So it's not like, you know, they lost to a no name. Um, but they haven't been able to really play any. Okay. Some of the, a lot of these teams haven't been able to play yeah. a lot of their warm up games um, because these smaller schools, you know, the Gardner Webbs, the Coppin States, the they, they can't do the testing the way that some of these bigger programs that are testing like every day, you know, a Gardner web probably only can afford to test, you know, um, two, three times a week. And then by the time they're getting ready to go to play a Duke or to go play in North Carolina, they're getting tested. And then they're like, Oh, we have, <laughs> we have exposure. Right. Like we have, right. We have positives on our team and it ends up, all right, they can't play their whole slate of schedules. You know, yeah, it so. does. And by the way, it does look like uh, Gonzaga is number one, and Duke isn't as bad. Duke is at plus two hundred, and Bavada has Gonzaga at plus six fifty. Yeah. So you know, six and a half to one, basically. Gonzaga's looked really good in their their two games this year, um, and they did they did play some. They weren't playing like puff pieces. Yeah. Um. So. This could be Gonzaga's year, you know, especially when a year that yeah. you're, not, you're not playing places where there's there's fans. And their and campus stuff. is by nature more isolated as well. Right, right. So this, you know, this could be the year for the Zags and Mark Few, you know, which I would love to see, man, because I, I am a fan of Gonzaga. I love the way they play. I love how they don't get any five stars. They barely, you know, they don't really get that many four stars. They get a bunch of three stars, a bunch of – they'll go get some crazy – European guys that come over and light it up, <laughs> yeah, and um, and and they're fun. Like Sabonis's kid, and they're fun to mm. watch, man. Like, um, and I, I like Mark Few as a head coach, and I will be pulling for the Zags uh, this year if that's, you know, if my Dukies aren't anywhere in close to being in that contention. Sure. Then you got. Um, I'm switching it over to the NBA now uh, because the the schedule. What does it start? Like December twenty second. 
Am I right on yeah, that? Yeah, well, preseason starts 11, uh, September, uh, December 11th. Check so. out, by the way, if you're an NBA fan, check out uh, The Underdog. We have um, new contributors uh, from The Underdog Network. They're doing live stream. Uh, Sam, I don't know if you've come across those yet. Um, yeah, check them out. Yeah, so the, um, it's youtube.com slash The Underdog. But they're basically a nightly um, live stream. Um, but you can catch, you know, of course, the recordings of everything after the thing. Um, so they're going to be ratcheting up their uh, their NBA coverage and you know, we wanted to get more NBA coverage in, so we've um, you added some people from the Underdog Network on there, which is cool. I'm going to be making that push towards the Premier League, um, European football. Um, we're going to be doing that. Uh, certainly, I'm not going to be doing it, but we're going to find somebody to do it. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be NBA and soccer-oriented, um, you know, during the NFL offseason. And then I'm still kind of managing the NFL content, obviously, since uh, since I was the one that did it and the only one that does it at this point so you are the nfl man yeah so nba season uh you know kicking off the real the real uh season starts december 22nd hmm. preseason starts on the 11th so very cool and then you got um i'm looking at the odds here so bavada has and i think rightfully so the los angeles lakers um kind of the odds on favorites to win the nba finals they are at plus 230 so that's like less than two and a half to one. Uh, and I'm looking around, man. So the Clippers are actually the, the second best. Who would you have as, okay, who do you think is going to come out of the East? Let me ask that before I tell you the, the odds. Oh, man. Um, it's so hard to tell because I don't know what a healthy Kevin Durant looks like. Right. right. Um, I don't know. It's too early to tell, but I will go. Um, I do like the moves that Philly made adding some shooters back into the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, Daryl Morey's done a really good job of going to get some some shooters that they definitely Morey's the, the general manager there now, huh? Yeah, Morey's the general manager. They went and he started making moves right away. They went and got he's, I mean, he's Seth. the old Houston guy, right? Yep. They went okay. and got Seth Curry. They went and got Danny Green. Mm. Um, so they've added some really good shooters that they desperately need on that team. They still got to get rid know, of Embiid. Right. I, I you know... Um, I don't think that's going to, you know, the him and Simmons thing. I don't know how long that's going to, that's going to last. So, um, but I will say coming out of the East, I'm going to go with Miami again, man, because Mm. I I really like Miami. However, if Kevin Durant is what they're saying he is, and it's back to, he looks just like the old Kevin Durant and there's no issues moving or anything like that on that Achilles. Um, we have to go with my Brooklyn Nets. Steve Nash, the head coach, you obviously know one of my favorite players yep. ever. Kyrie's my current favorite player. Um, KD, I love to watch. So I would like to see them, you know, make some moves this year and uh, and be good. But I'm going to go with the Heat and mm-hmm. Heat and Lakers again. I probably the Heat probably won't get there, but I'm going to go with them right now. Yeah, Brooklyn is the odds-on favorite at right now, according to Bavada, at plus 500. And you understand why. I mean, it's the hype. It's the hype that goes uh-huh. along with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Miami. Let me look at Miami. They didn't have a lot of respect as far as I was concerned. Plus 1,600. Um, so, okay, but that's like a four seed. Boston's at plus 1,500, Yeah, example. I was about to say, I mean, you know, like Boston, you know, there, there's going to be a handful of teams. Philly, Boston, obviously Milwaukee, Miami. Houston, uh, not Houston, uh, Brooklyn. Um, so you're gonna you're gonna have a little log jam there about those five teams, and then you'll have the rest of the East. You know the uh, Indianas, the Orlandos, the 
you know, yeah. bulls, stuff like that. But yeah, Orlando's um, at plus 15,000. Um, so <laughs> yeah. they're, yeah, rightfully yeah. so. Milwaukee's at plus 650. I'm looking, Golden State's at plus 1600. So that's even, even with um, the Miami Heat. I'm looking to find another team from the West here. Houston's at plus Clippers. 33. Clippers? Oh, Clippers. Clippers. Yeah, Clippers. Yeah. Plus 650. Yeah. Um, so even so, with Milwaukee. Yeah. yeah. They're second, second to the Lakers. Yeah. I mean, We'll see. They got Tyron Lue, who's, you know, their coach now. Um, they might get a little bit more out of him. Um, but they did lose some piece. You know, Montrez Harrell going to the Lakers is a, is a big loss for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, we'll see, man. We will see, bro. We'll see. It's, it's weird to have uh, the uh, season, you know, starting back up. You know, I know, because it just ended. That, yeah, especially for those teams that were in the, you know, the final four or whatever, you know, but then you have the other teams that basically stopped playing in March. So <laughs> you have some teams that have had like a, you know, uh, a, you know, a nine, 10 month layover. Mm-hmm. And then you have other teams that have like a month and a half, you know, so it's just it's strange. It, it is. And I feel like, um, you know, I feel like for that reason, like the Lakers and the Heat, I think they're going to give a, a little bit more away in the off season and rest these guys. Cause you got to rest these guys at this point. Yeah, you don't yeah. want them crapping out. Yeah. And I mean, are they planning on having the finals on time still like a, you know, April ish start for the playoffs or they delayed a little bit there? No, I think they're trying to start cause they really, yeah. like I said, they want to get to that next season right. on time. Yeah. Um, with fans back to normal, that kind of stuff. That's what they, that's what they're gunning for. Yep. So this, they have to do this to keep things moving and, you know, get those TV contracts and stuff like that. Yeah. But they are really, really gunning to get things back on track for that 21-22 uh, season. So, um, yeah, let's we can move it on. I think we can be done there. I'll I'll tell you, you already know this because I, uh, I sent you a nice picture of it, but I broke my foot yeah. probably in multiple places. I haven't gotten gone in for the x-ray yet. So I'll tell you how stupid my weekend was. I um as you know we're we're doing the uh, the construction in the basement and get everything done. Well, I have it, you can't call it a crawl space because it's not like really a crawl space, but it's like behind <clears throat> the wall. I'm routing all of the wires so that like when you hang TVs, you don't know, get the wires hanging down and all that. I'm fishing it behind the wire, cutting out all the drywall, doing all the stuff. Well, because there's insulation back there, every time I walk past, like all the dust gets trapped on the insulation. And I walk there, and it's like I'm living in a snow globe when I walk back into that space. And, of course, I'm breathing it in and, you know, coughing the rest of the day and all that. I'm like, okay, this is enough. This is enough. So I'm, I said, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to drywall the stupid thing. But to get back there, you can't, you can't carry a full sheet of drywall back there. And for that matter, I don't have a truck or anything, so I, gotta, I can't put the full sheet of drywall in the car. So I ended up, um, I ended up going to Lowe's, which is right by my house, and I cut <laughs> – I cut the drywall in half in the parking lot. You know, I brought the utility knife and all that. I'm cutting it in half, snapping it, throw it in the minivan and all that stuff. And um, I got six sheets of drywall. I got the first two cuts just fine. So I had, you know, eight, you know, four by four pieces of drywall in the car. When I was cutting the, the next one, I didn't notice, but I had lost balance. And before I knew it, I felt the pain before I didn't even realize the freaking drywall was falling. About 275 pounds worth of sheetrock fell on my left foot in the parking lot at Lowe's. And I just let out one of these. I didn't want to scream. So I let out the, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> oh my God. And I was just limping around in circles around my minivan, my box cutter in my hand. Um, and I was worried that 
it really, really mangled my foot because I thought I saw like my foot, like my shoe was wet. I thought I was bleeding. I thought I was, had a Kurt Schilling situation going on in my shoe. Yeah, um, was anyone around? Yeah, I'm sure some some people saw me. Nobody was close. I'm sure you know somebody saw me. I was like, "What is this dork doing? With his minivan <laughs> and his drywall cutting the sheets and all that." So here's the deal: when you're going to be doing this kind of thing, I have steel-toed boots. I have work boots. I wasn't wearing them. I was wearing Nike sneakers, which I like my Nikes, but they do not handle. They do not hold up to that kind of load on your foot. So I knew it was broken, like pretty much initially. Thankfully, it's not broken to the point where I can't use the foot. But you know, I went on Amazon, got the walking boot, and all that. I didn't take my shoe off for a couple hours after that, though, because I was really kind of. I wanted to finish the work that I had to do that day, and it felt okay. The adrenaline was kicked in by that point, and I just like I don't want to see a bloody sock, so I'm not going to look at it. If I don't right. look at it, it's not bloody. Uh, but thankfully, when I took it off, it wasn't bloody. But now, Sam, I sent you the picture where it was kind of like parts were purple. Now yeah. the entire top of the foot is yellow. Yeah, it's it's not in good shape. Got some swelling. You icing it? I am. I'm icing it. I went for a run. Um, <laughs> you dummy. <laughs> I went for a run. Yeah, well, it only hurts when I go downstairs. So yeah, it's, that, sounds, that sounds good, man. Like idiot, man. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm getting fat, dude. I got to do something. So I did. I ran a four mile on Monday, and then I woke up on Tuesday, and it was lit up. Yeah. So I'm t- toying with the idea of going another run today. Uh, I would probably wouldn't do that, man. I, maybe maybe you just do some body weight shit, man. Yeah. Well, I can't because of the hernia. So I can't do like deep squats and stuff. Like I'm all jacked up. I got a hernia on the right side and a broken foot on the left side. Well, man, maybe stop eating then. I don't really know what to tell you. Yeah, like, I know, man. I would not run on it if it's fucking yellow on the top. Sorry. <laughs> if it's yellow on the top, man. Like, you know, like, yeah, know, this is a bad idea, man. Because, yeah, you're not doing anything when you're pressing down, but you are compressing it yeah i know it's impact all right yeah all right all right i'll do the smart thing i'll see you do this where you just make stuff worse i do i know it sucks but you're gonna make it so you got stress fractures and other stuff then i get then i get gonna have to get surgery next year and all that overcompensating and then your other leg your other foot's gonna start hurting you have stress fractures in that foot because you're overcompensating man lay up watch some movies all right all right, you're right. You're right. You're right. Can you do push-ups? Um, I will. I will start. I mean, you're not kind, you, because of the, the, the worsening hernia, and I can't get the surgery until next your year. Your hernia for a is what reason. in your abdomen? Abdomen, yeah. It's like right below my belt line on the right side. So it's like yeah. crotch. It's crotch level. Yeah. Um, inguinal hernia. Um, but I'm I'm gonna have to get that surgery. I've been putting that off for a couple years. But the last I went to the doctor a couple weeks ago, and he's just like, yeah, you, you need to have it. Yeah. So I'll get that. And, you know, he's, you know, my, my doctor's telling me, he's like, ah, you know, really watch out when you pick up your kids. When that's, when the doctor's saying that, it's like, okay, I'll go in for the laparoscopic, I guess. But, oh my gosh, I'm falling apart here, man. I'm only 38. I'm still trying to figure out what a 38 year old body is like. And I'm failing and feeling, figuring that out. I'm not, I'm not solving that puzzle, Sam. Yeah, I think it's, man, I think once we get to this, you know, mid thirties, uh, <laughs> once we, once we get to this time frame, it, we got to work on that pliability, man. Yeah, I that's, know. that's kind of where it's, where that, it's at, that stretching that, you know, ironically, um, our, da- our days of being, uh, super juiced out and having sprinters and explosive and all that, they're all gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, it's, you know, going out the window, man. It's all about it's about long runs and pliability and yeah not having not having a beer gut 
you know so yeah that's that's kind of where we're at man. well basically i'm gonna have some work to do um in january if i really lay up in december four weeks should probably be enough for it um honestly just because of how i feel i did buy the walking boot yesterday so i'll be in the yeah. walking boot um, well i mean it might be a good reset man like yeah all right i'm gonna chill i'm gonna get my stuff done and then i'm gonna like all right i'm gonna start doing this kind of stuff going back and into it and have like a whole plan you know yeah yeah a nutrition plan a mm -hmm. workout plan uh stretching plan you know all those things the, the interesting thing is like my my plan for the winter before this happens and before the you know my diagnosis for my hernia was so so worsened because it gets cold like literally you can't run and right. i'm not going to gyms thanks to the um the covid situation i'm not going to a mm -hmm. gym um so like my and because of that i can't go to a gym with a pool so that knocks out my you know low yeah. impact cardio and so my plan was to power lift in my garage, maybe do some row machine, which I can still probably do the row machine because it's not impact. Right. Um, and, um, and do like stretching, like a lot of pliability. But the stretching is out. The, the, the aggressive stretching is out because of the hernia. And the power lifting right. is out because of the hernia. So really I'm kind of down to rowing and very lightweight because you can't do strenuous curls with the hernia. Right. That'll make it work. Yeah. So really lightweight, high repetition curls. That's all I can do. Yeah. Well, that's a plan right there. We just hashed that out. And of course, you know, I don't have to drink two beers a night from the advent calendar. There's <laughs> there always <you> know. that. <laughs> there is always well, that. Also, yeah, I, and I would say maybe if like you can go a full week of resting your foot, may, maybe it'll, yeah. maybe you'll be back to running next week. You just don't want to make it worse. Yeah, you're right. You can't run at all. And then well, you got more problems. Part, you know, part like, of Monday was that test too. I wanted to see like, was it, was I just being a wuss about it? Was it, um, was it a bone bruise? Because it really didn't hurt much, but the fact that it got so much more sore on Tuesday, that that's kind of what I was I was testing out. And I only ran for me only. Um, I only ran four miles, um, and I ran it at a relatively slow pace, so I wasn't like springy or anything like that off the step. But uh, by the time it gets better, we'll be in snowy season and it'll be iced over. So I won't, maybe I'll be able to do a little bit of sprints in the snow or something. It's like running in sand in the backyard. I don't know. I have to figure something out. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. just just rest it up, man. <laughs> All right. Just, just give it a week. Give it a week. Give it I'm a so week. Stubborn. It, it's just getting old, man. It's so frustrating because, you know, I, 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 Brad and I were talking about this in the Get Paid podcast. Mentally, you know, you're still 16, 17 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, when I text, when we part. text with the Goonies and, and text going around yesterday, which we won't get into because this is a family show. Um, you know, you still text like you're 15, 16, 17 years old, but, uh, you know, <laughs> you come down the stairs when it's a little bit cold and your ankles, you know, don't have any flexibility and then your foot hurts. And it's just like, you get a little bit of a brutal reminder that you're 20 years past your prime. Your yeah. Absolute you get prime. up in the morning and like, you're like, you know, it's like snap, crackle, pop. And it's <laughs> like, you know, you're like, you're right. so you're right. It, so, it, it is pliability. I mean, I know that. I'm bad about it. So I need to refocus is, in on I'm really trying. That's like my Pilates and yoga. That's my one thing for like, I don't really believe in like resolutions, but mm -hmm. like just with this whole year and it's been kind of weird and my kid will go back to school in January. Yeah. So I feel like it is kind of like a restart of like different patterns and mm -hmm. stuff. So I feel like that is my thing is like, I'm going to stretch every night and do that kind of stuff for yeah. 20 minutes. And, I'm gonna you know, join. Really, I'm gonna join really either a, a yoga studio or a Pilates studio when yeah. 
the you know probably in summer you know when the uh, yeah, vaccines when are out is, there and yeah and when your stuff. hernia is fixed and stuff i'm probably not going to fix the hernia until next winter can you do yoga with the hernia? You can do um, you can do a little bit of yoga, like not aggressive, <clears throat> but you can at least you know you get some oil into the joints, <laughs> you know, like a tin man. You don't have to be a tin man, I guess. So yeah. I'll see what I can do. Yeah. Why wait until the fall? Because deductibles and stuff like that, or just a little tiny? bit of that. Yeah, a little bit of that. And and by the way, speaking of deductibles, that's why I haven't gone to get the X-ray on my foot because we haven't hit our deductible this year and um, we're light because I've been out of work for so long. Yeah. And this podcast sponsorships basically dropped in half because of, you know, less people listening to us on commutes because everybody's working from home. So it's kind of a, it's just financially, I just was like, I know what I, I've done. I've had this before. I know what's going to happen. They're going to show me fractures. They're probably going to show me light fractures. It doesn't seem like a full break. It seems like probably a bunch of, you know, fractures from just being stomped on by a drywall and they're going to say wear a walking boot and don't don't put any weight on it so uh, you know i don't want to pay the three thousand bucks of medical fees and yeah all that stuff for that no there's nothing they can do about it so and right and if it's something that needs surgery it can get surgery next year i can use it so Uh yeah but you're right you don't want to turn a small injury into something that does need surgery so i won't go running i'll take december off F&A. Thank you. Jeez. Thank you, man. Oh, man. <laughs> it sucks, dude. It sucks. <laughs> I know, man. Believe <laughs> me. I know, man. Uh, oh, well. Oh, well. Anyway. Yeah, most, of, most of my cardio was coming from playing outdoor basketball for a couple hours, you yeah. know, um, at two, three times a week. And I haven't been able to do that. You mm-hmm. know, it's just, it, it blows. Like, yeah. you know, but other people are doing it and they're idiots you <laughs> yeah, know right and i drive by and it's like uh you know uh like a dog looking out you know in a puppy store <laughs> and a bunch of people walking by and i'm like i can't play but you know i know it's not i know it's not a smart thing to do and yeah. you know so yeah. light at the end of the tunnel though man that's it brother yep all right well on that note everybody i think we can uh close the podcast out sam you got anything to say for the crowd oh man be good everyone have a good holiday season i know we'll be back next week but i know we're getting into this full holiday um season that people seem to really be embracing this year just because the year has kind of sucked yeah so have have fun have good times with your family your loved ones and you know be good to each other be good Functional sports are all it. Sam and Sean, too, they beat. Sports in real life, they got real lives. Better tune in every week, don't miss the podcast. Cause you might get put on blast. And you know just what we call it. Functional sports are Yeah, yo, sport addicts with real lives. Talking about real life, they real nice. Going cray on the Netflix late nights. And the build an NBA, keeping the game tight. Repping the 407, Old Town. And nine fours when they met, now they hold it down. Talking life, talking real social issues. All lighthearted, so don't bring your tissues. And don't talk stupid, cause Sean might lose it. You love sports, this podcast strikes like Cupid. Taking road trips, why not just for kicks? Sean going global, you know why? YOLO. And don't get him started on Gooch Givens. They here to spit knowledge, no time for the dishes. Aging like a fine wine, sipping in the kitchen. Gray in the beard, got wisdom, so listen. Functional sports are holy. Sam and Sean, too, they be. 
sports in real life. They got real lives. Better tune in every week. Don't miss the podcast. Cause you might get put on blast. And you know just what we call it. Functional sports and all it. 